Welcome to the Real Life Cooking Podcast. I'm Kate Shaw, and this week we'll learn how to cook carrots in three different ways. I really like carrots, which are naturally sweet, but not overpoweringly sweet. You may have noticed by now that I don't typically like super sweet stuff, so I tend to prefer carrot recipes that don't add lots of extra sugar. But if you like your carrots to taste like candy, try the glazed carrots recipe. If you aren't sure how to prepare fresh carrots, I recommend you listen to the spring chicken soup episode, since in that one I go over how to clean and slice up carrots. You can also avoid the issue completely by using baby carrots. Baby carrots aren't actually young carrots. They're usually carrot pieces that are too small to sell as whole carrots. They're pre-peeled and washed, so they're mostly ready to use. I do like to pick them over quickly to make sure there aren't any carrot tops or bad spots on any of the pieces. If there are, just cut them off and discard before cooking. Let's start with sautéed carrots. They're delicious and really easy. To make them, you'll need a skillet with a lid. I used two fairly large carrots and half a small onion, which made two good-sized portions. Scrape or peel your carrots and cut the tops off. Then slice them up. You can slice them however you like, into pennies or sticks. I sliced one carrot into pennies, the other into sticks about three inches long, just to see which I preferred. I think I preferred the sticks, but both were equally good and took about the same amount of time to cook. Peel and dice the onion next. If you like onion, or are making a lot of carrots, dice up the whole thing. Remember, you can wipe your oniony hand on the metal sink spigot, or anything metal, to remove most or all of the onion smell. It's science! Heat the skillet to about medium and add a little oil. I used just a little drip of olive oil, enough to coat the bottom of the pan. When the skillet is hot, add the carrots and onion and add salt and pepper. I didn't measure, just sprinkled maybe half a teaspoon of salt and some shakes of pepper, and they tasted fine. Put the lid on the skillet and turn the heat down to medium-low. Allow the vegetables to cook for a few minutes, then take the lid off and stir them well with a spatula, making sure to turn them over. There should be plenty of moisture in the pan at this point, but if the vegetables are sticking, turn the heat down a little more. Replace the lid as quickly as you can and allow the vegetables to cook for a few more minutes. Stir them again, and this time you're probably going to need to add a little bit of water. Don't add much, just enough to barely cover the bottom of the skillet. Replace the lid and let the vegetables cook some more. You may need to adjust the heat up a tad now. The onions should be translucent by now and starting to turn brown on the edges as they caramelize. The carrots will still be hard, but hopefully they're getting tender. You may need to continue cooking them for another minute or two, but they may be done by now. You don't want the carrots to be mushy, but you should be able to poke a fork through one without too much trouble. Pick one up on a fork, let it cool briefly, then eat it to decide if it's done through or if you want it to be a little more tender. The onions give the carrots some pizzazz and a little extra sweetness, which is tempered by the pepper. This is a great light accompaniment to foods like meat, potatoes, a rich casserole, or even pasta. 
It keeps well in the fridge for a few days if you have leftovers. Next, we'll cover the glazed carrots with snow peas. You can leave the snow peas out if you don't have any or don't like them, but they look nice and taste good with the carrots. Snow peas are easy to grow if you remember to plant them really early and put up a piece of fencing or something they can climb. They like cool weather, which where I live means I need to get the seeds in the ground in February at the latest or else it'll be too hot for them. You pick the pods while they're still flat, before the peas are fully developed. You eat them whole, pod and all, ideally while you stand right there in the garden. They're tender and slightly sweet and crunchy. But you can also buy them in the store and use them in all sorts of recipes. They need very little cooking, if any. Snow peas also happen to be expensive even when they're in season. So when I went to the store to pick some up, I only bought a few small handfuls. Then when I got home from the store, I looked at my receipt, since it seemed like a low total, and discovered that the cashier had rung up my $5 a pound snow peas as snap peas, which are much cheaper. So, I paid 17 cents for the peas. For this recipe, you'll need a pot with a lid, a steamer basket, and either a skillet or a second pot. If you don't have a steamer basket, you can boil the carrots instead, but steaming them results in much more flavor and a better texture. If you do boil them, just follow the directions on time, and you don't have to cover the pot. A steamer basket is a metal contraption that fits down into the inside of a regular pot. It has a flat bottom, but the sides are overlapping pieces like the petals of a flower, so that they snug against the sides of the pot without any gaps, no matter the size of your pot. There's a piece in the middle that sticks up, with a ring on the end so you can pick it up by sticking the tines of a fork through the ring. At least, that's what I use it for. I can only assume that's what it's designed for. It works. To use the steamer basket, set it into the pot, then run water into the pot until the water starts to seep up through the holes in the basket. Then pour off just a little water. The steamer basket holds the vegetables out of the water, which is boiling. You put a lid on the pot to hold the steam in, and the hot steam cooks the vegetables. If you start with vegetables that are room temperature instead of cold from the fridge, they'll cook a little faster. So set your pot on the stove and turn the heat up to high or just below high. Then put your chopped carrots into the basket and pop the lid on. As soon as the water starts to boil, turn the heat down a little and allow it to simmer for around 15 minutes. Steam will escape through either the vent, if your lid has one, or around the edges of the lid if not, or usually both, making a mess on the stove. At least the mess is just water. You can wipe it up later after it cools. Toward the end of the cooking time, melt the butter over low heat in a skillet or another pot. Mix in the cornstarch if you have it, although if you don't have any cornstarch, you can leave this out. It just makes the glaze stick to the vegetables better. Turn the heat off, but leave the skillet or pot where it is. You also want to prepare your snow peas. Give them a quick rinse to remove any dirt, then string them. This is easy and is something you need to do to most green beans that you cook from scratch, but you need to do it to peas too when you're cooking the pea pods. There's a tough cord of plant material, called a string, that grows down the length of the pod. You can eat it, but it's so tough that it ends up as a wad of green string in your mouth that you either have to swallow whole 
which won't hurt you but isn't pleasant, or spit out, which is also not pleasant, especially for the people sitting across from you. So it's best to remove it before cooking. Just pick up a pod, pinch the very tip of one end or the other with your thumbnail, and pull the pinched off end like the handle of a zipper. You'll remove most, if not all, of the string with it. Sometimes it'll break, in which case you just repeat the process from the other end. This is labor-intensive if you have a lot of pea pods or green beans, which is why it's typically the job of a child in the household. Once you've stringed all your pea pods, set them aside. After 15 minutes or a little before, take the lid off the pot and poke the carrots with a fork to see how tender they are. Be careful when we're moving the lid. The steam is hot and the water probably sputtering from around the edges of the pot is hot too. I typically wrap my hand with a dish towel and use it to pick up the lid. Your fork should go through the carrots. If you can't get a fork into the carrots, you probably turned the heat down too much and there isn't enough steam in the pot to cook the vegetables. Put the lid back on and turn the heat up so that the water is boiling and generating lots of steam. If the carrots are tender, toss the snow peas in on top of them and replace the lid. Let the vegetables cook for one or two minutes more, but no longer than that. You want the snow peas to be crispy. Then turn the heat off and remove the lid. Move the pot off the burner, but put the skillet onto the burner, which is still hot even though it's off. This will warm up the butter again. Sprinkle several generous shakes of salt and pepper into the pot with the steamer basket, stirring the carrots and peas around with your fork so they all get some seasoning. Then take your fork and stick the tines through the wire loop at the top of the steamer basket's handle assuming it has one, but I think they all do. Make sure it's secure so the basket won't slip off the fork tines. Then hold the pot over the skillet or second pot, the one with the butter in it, and very carefully lift the steamer basket out with your fork. Remember that the steamer basket sides will flop down into the size and shape of a plate as soon as it's free of the pot, which can overbalance the basket and tip your vegetables onto the floor. Ask me how I know this. So be very careful. Set the pot down as soon as you're sure you aren't going to lose the vegetables. Then grab a spatula or another fork or whatever's within reach and use it to tip one side of the steamer basket up, letting the vegetables fall off into the butter. Stir the carrots and pea pods until they're well coated with butter. It's best to use a rubber spatula for this so you won't maul the carrots into little pieces with your fork. Then add the honey or syrup and stir everything around gently, making sure every piece gets nicely coated. If you cooked a whole lot of carrots, you can add more honey if necessary, but one tablespoon was more than enough when I made these with half a pound of baby carrots. That's it. You can now eat your delicious food. This makes a great side dish for a heavier main course. Plus, it looks pretty on the table and on your plate. It keeps okay in the fridge for a day or two, but it's best when fresh. You probably won't have any leftovers anyway, even if you planned for it. I just ate an entire half pound of baby carrots with a lot of snow peas in one sitting by myself, and I have no regrets. Finally, let's make Parmesan roasted carrots. I made these with red potatoes too, since I had some and they turned out so well I added them to the recipe in the show notes. 
Red potatoes have a thin, almost papery skin that's red in color, and they bake up beautifully in recipes like this one. They tend to be small and almost round in shape. You can spend more and get little bitty ones, but the regular-sized ones are fine, too. This is a pretty straightforward recipe, but it does take some time. I used half a pound of baby carrots, the rest of the bag that I used for the recipe was snow peas, and yes, I made both recipes on the same day because I am a carrot-eating fool. I also used four red potatoes, the smallest ones I could find in the bag, which I cut into pieces. I cut the potatoes into pieces, not the bag. Start by turning on the oven to preheat. You only need a single baking dish for this recipe, probably a 9 by 13 pan. Pour about a tablespoon of olive oil in the pan, maybe a little more. If you don't have olive oil, you can use another type of vegetable oil, but olive oil adds a ton of flavor. It really is worth spending some money to get a decent bottle of olive oil, since it will last you a long time. Dump the carrots into the pan, then cut up the potatoes and add them. If you bought little bitty mini baby potatoes, you can just cut them in half. Otherwise, cut them into at least four pieces. You want the pieces to be all roughly the same thickness, so they'll all cook at the same rate. You also want them to be larger than the carrot pieces, since carrots take longer to cook than potatoes. Sprinkle the garlic salt and pepper over the vegetables. If you don't have garlic salt, add half a teaspoon of regular salt and either half a teaspoon of garlic powder, or mince up a clove or two of garlic and sprinkle it over the vegetables. I didn't measure the pepper, just gave several good shakes, and later, before I popped the pan in the oven, I added a few more good shakes just in case. My guess is it only worked out to about a quarter teaspoonful. Use a spatula to push the vegetables around and turn them over, making sure they're all well coated with the oil and that the oil covers the bottom of the pan. Then make sure the vegetables are all in a single layer and not piled up anywhere. By the time you've done this, your oven should be hot. Put the pan into the oven and set your timer for 35 minutes. When the timer goes off, test the vegetables by sticking a fork into several of the carrots. If they're tender enough that your fork can go through, you're ready for the next step. If they're still hard, set the timer for another 5 minutes so they can cook a little longer. Then check them again. Remember, they don't have to be fully tender at this point. Next, sprinkle about a quarter cup of Parmesan cheese over the vegetables. Then set the timer for 10 minutes. At the end of the 10 minutes, the carrots should be tender but with a little firmness that makes them pleasantly toothsome. The potatoes will definitely be tender and the cheese should be toasted. The vegetables will probably be blackened in areas from contact with the hot pan. That's fine, it will give them a good extra flavor and texture. Take the pan out of the oven and move the vegetables into a serving bowl. They'll have baked onto the pan, but that's okay. You'll just need to soak the pan for a short while before you wash it later. Drop a spoonful or two of butter into the bowl and let it melt on the hot vegetables, stirring gently to coat them. Then sprinkle them with a few more spoonfuls of Parmesan cheese. Serve hot! This makes a robust, rich, cheesy dish that can accompany either a mild meat like fish or turkey or an equally strongly flavored main course like meatloaf. Or you can do what I did and eat it as the main course. 
I ate almost all of the carrots and half the potatoes, which means I have eaten almost an entire pound of baby carrots today. I like carrots, but good grief. This keeps well in the fridge for a few days, although it's best right after it comes out of the oven while the toasted parmesan is still crispy. That's why I couldn't stop eating it. Thanks for listening. You can find Real Life Cooking Podcast at reallifecooking.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any E's. Now get out there and enjoy your food. (laughs) 